This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan, and I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer-editor. And this is... Drink! Drink! Drunk! It's like a reflective... I, I'm too drunk to talk about it now, but it's like reflexive. <laughs> and this is another thing that gets on my nerves, and it's super specific. Oh my god. Like putting that lubrication on, like, listen, we're about to go from text to a link. A grammar show with a drinking problem. Hey, word nerds! What up? It's us, your two drunk best friends. Aw, I didn't know we considered, our listeners considered us to be their best friends. I don't care. I think <laughs> it was the other way around. Do mm. now. Oh, thanks guys. Did you ever have one of those B-Fry necklaces? Or like, I always had the yeah. front end, but... Oh, yeah. Hey then. So, those were really popular and I, I thought you were going to say, did you ever have like a best friend that you made when you were drunk, but then you n- never saw them again? Well, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Good times. All right, so back casting. Um, so what do you want to start with, Morgan? Uh, how about beach reads? Beach reads. It's so summer. Good. It is summer. It's hot. I love being on the beach, and I think a really eye roll because. Morgan just stepped away to burp. It's like a constant. It's a constant. What thing. am I supposed to do? I know it's funny. I I I think it's really funny, but it's like <laughs> you like give me a certain look before you do it, though, which is really like here it comes. I don't care. Like that's what you do to me as I'm like, okay, let's talk about this word oh, nerd thing. Shit, we've messed up. What? We have a really big announcement. Uh, wait, do we have to start over? No. Oh. <laughs> we don't care that much. Yeah. What's to all of our local listeners, we are having a live show, Drunk Word Nerds Live, Drink, Drink, Drunk Live, Saturday, August 20th at Tattooed Mom. It is part of Philly Pod Tattooed Moms Fest. Well, the, no, it's only mom. No, it's mom. What? It's mom. Yeah, You're talking to fact check. two fact checkers, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> know your place. Yeah. Okay. So Philly Pod Fest is coming up in August. Looks to be uh, Friday, August 19th through Sunday, August 28th. That's a nice long fest. Good and lineup. yeah, great lineup. Lots of events. You can see the whole schedule online. But what you need to know is that Saturday, August 20th, 5 p.m., Tattooed Mom on South Street. <laughs> drink, drink, drunk. And there's a lot of good shows that day. You, they start at two. You can come out and see everybody or you can come at five and see us. And then afterwards at six is overdue, which is a nice little in theme with us because it's about books. I love books. Me too. I've basically ignored. Brian like sends us emails about this upcoming event, which is awesome. And it's so great. But it's like I have such anxiety. Yeah. So... I'm basically ignoring it, even though this is like basically the first time I've acknowledged it <laughs> during this recording. But you all have to come because you'll make the show because we need you to ask us questions and give us your opinions. Yeah. And give me some softballs, please. <laughs> yeah, all softballs. We just want to hear like uh, your likes and dislikes and gripes and 
you know, what's your what's your personal style guide? Fill us in. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I should make a personal style guide. Yeah. How do you feel about emojis? Let us know. Live, in front of a crowd. There'll be beer and wine and alcohol and soft drinks. Anywho. It's funny that you said soft drinks. I know. I'm weird. Okay. So back to the beach read. So this is something that we actually talked about before, uh, talked about before, not on the podcast, but Morgan and I personally, um, just the term beach read, like, uh, like what, what does that mean? Like that, first of all, I think that can mean something different to so many people, but I actually think it is bad. I think when people use it, they mean it derogatorily. Yeah. So, but, uh, there was this article in the New Yorker, um, by Meredith Blake, um, rethinking the beach read and she says is there a more backhanded compliment than calling a book a good beach read fair or not the beach read label indicates a certain lack of heft both metaphorically and literally certainly nobody wants to carry a massive new hard book in their tote but does a lightweight book also have to be you know fluffy Hmm. which is a funny uh cute yeah a funny a funny little cute meredith that's her name right Yes, Meredith Blake. Um, So uh, she says a little bit later, while the airport read feels stifling, the beach read can be wonderfully serendipitous. You find an old paperback in a drawer at a friend's at a friend's shore house or in the lakeside cabin you rented for a last minute getaway. Uh, Later, she says the beach read is sometimes a happy accident, but it's just as often a strategic decision. You've got some time off and you want to spend it reading just the right book. We ask our friends for suggestions or we thumb through our stacks of unread books and try to gauge just which book is right for this particular vacation. Uh, Though we think of the beach read as something light and easily digested, I'd argue that the vacation is in fact the ideal setting for something slightly more challenging. You've got more time than usual and nothing to do but sit without distraction for entire afternoons. That's a good point. Yeah. Unless, of course, you have children you'd like to keep from drowning, in which case... Yeah, then you can't read books at the beach. It fucking sucks. You may want to stick to Us Weekly as Michael Chabon wisely... I, I don't know if that's how you say it, wisely told Slate last year, I don't change what I read when I go to the beach or on vacation. I just read more. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I also am a victim of kid of, of parenthood. So <laughs> A victim of parenthood. <laughs> so Aww. when I go to the beach, I can't bring books anymore because, yeah have a child running around she wants to build sandcastles and there's a, a whole mighty ocean there and you can't really you can't really deep dive into a fictitious world when there's a little human that could be picked up by a seagull yeah taken away uh, but I recently went on a childless trip and I was in Jamaica and there were lots of beaches and I read Girl on a Train yeah I thought that was a very suitable I bet a lot of people beach read. I bet a lot of people read that on the beach, have read that on the beach. Um, Well, when people ask me like, oh, I'm going on vacation, like, you know, give me some beach reads. It's like, I really don't know what to say because I'm like, I have read both. And I I think I know what they mean. Like kind of the fluffier, like not serious. I want to laugh. I want to whatever. but I I agree with Meredith here. I, I think that it's a time to really like delve into just a really good book. Like yeah. 
a bad book is when I like don't really have time to read yeah. and I just kind of am doing it here and there. But like I want really good books on vacation. I was gonna read Girl on a Train anyway. And yeah. the good thing about doing it on vacation is you could I could finish it in five days instead of having it to spread out over a couple of weeks and then yeah. you lose the, well, the that thread. Makes books better yeah. when you can read them quickly. Especially a suspense book. Yeah. Well I told Morgan earlier that I actually read uh Eli Meisel's um, R.I.P. R.I.P. I read Night for the first time ever on a beach, which was like, I mean, Peaceful. super depressing. I mean, it's like... It, I read it in seventh grade. Yeah. I had a teacher, Mr. Something. It started yeah. with an S. Well, thanks, Mr. Something, for really influential to the great beach read Night. Damn. That's some heavy stuff. Um, but I really like what you said about airplane books. Because I recently have flown a few times and I went, I did a European cross-Atlantic flight recently and I had finally, after months, it was my turn to get a little life. Oh, yeah. At the library and you can't pass it up. I've been waiting. I mean, I seriously think I've been on that list at least six months. Yeah. So I get my book and I mean, this is at least 700 pages, I think. It's a freaking giant book. But I just put it in my backpack and was like, well, whatever. Yeah. Can't take it. And I read it on the whatever 10 hour flight over. And then while I was away and then on the flight home, and then I eventually finished, uh, it was a beast. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad I did it that way because, again, I can't imagine ha- that book is so heavy. It up. It's so emotional. It's actually trying on your soul yeah. that. I think if I, I mean, it probably took me two weeks to read it, but I think otherwise it would have taken me four or five weeks. Yeah. And that's just too, too much sadness. That book right. is a, is a beast. I would highly recommend it, but just know what you're getting into. You're going to, you're going to be devastated. Hmm. Good times. So a beach read. <laughs> so a beach read. We're saying that's a beach read. I'm saying it's an airplane read. Oh, you think it's an airplane read. Okay. So how do you differentiate between what an airplane read is and a beach read? Do you differentiate? Uh, I don't really. It's more about timing. Like the air, this, because I knew I was going to be on nine, 10 hour flights, you, you need something you can really get into. I just flew a couple weekends ago. It was supposed to be short flight. I was going to Denver and ended up taking five hours instead of three and a half. So I finished an entire book on the way out. My name is Lucy Barton. Very good. I think it's good for the beach. I think it's good for the plane. You can come back and forth to it. It's gripping, but it's not, uh, I don't know. You don't, it's not like you're going to get screwed up if you leave off somewhere. Yeah. Um, so then I got screwed cause I didn't have a plane ride home book. Uh, I panic about packing books when I go on and vacation. And then I had the incident, so I had to go into the airplane bookstore. Ugh, the worst. And I was like, oh, what do I get, what do I get, what do I get, what do I get? I ended up picking like a, a suspense slash thriller called Pretty Baby that was so creepy. I didn't finish the whole thing on the way home. So then the next night, so I got home, tired, went to bed. The next night, I made myself stay up way too late to finish it because I was so creeped out. And then I didn't sleep well. So sounds like sounds like a fail. Yeah, airplane I mean, it, fail. It was good, but it's too creepy. Yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, I hate 
when I'm forced to buy something at an airplane or an airport bookstore. And that's why I like I always overpack books when I go on vacation because I get so nervous about not having a book. Yeah. And so then I like pack books that are too much. I mean, this is why I I don't have an e-reader, but yeah, that would be a good that would be a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, I thought one book would be enough for a weekend, but obviously I needed to. You're a dork. I'm a huge dork. So do you remember our very first episode? Yes. When we talked about Mormons? Yes. And I said that they love Pinterest, and then I feel like I got a lot of guff from Coco being like, who could just say that about people, whatever, whatever. But... I don't think I said that. I was just very surprised. You, I don't think like you Pinterest. said it. I don't think you said it on the episode. I think you edited that part out. Regardless. Now I got to edit this part out. <laughs> Listen to episode one. Listen to the Mormon Pinterest chatter. It's true and it's real. And just the other day... I saw a headline, polygamous sect leader awaiting trial, apparently escaped ankle bracelet using olive oil. Hmm. What does that have to do with it? It's a Pinterest hack. He used olive oil to slip his ankle bracelet off. (laughs) Oh my God. The article does mention that. This article suggests that maybe he learned that on Pinterest. (laughs) Oh, my God. First of all, there are so many things I want to say about this. Number one, I can't believe we've been waiting since our first episode to, like, really give it to Brian (laughs) about his disbelief in Mormon's um, use of Pinterest. I kind of forgot about it until this came back up. And then I I sent him the link with a lot of— This your drop mic situation. A lot of capital letters that was like— And it was my idea to bring it up on the show. I was like, see, Mormons and Pinterest— uh, yeah, like, I don't even so, know what you're talking about. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard of Warren Jeffs. He's the real creeper creep. He's in jail because he was wedding off teenage girls and raping them and horrible stuff. So his Ugh. his brother, Lyle, uh, you know, also a real creep. He's been... Sure, mom and dad are proud. Under house arrest. They probably murdered them. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> allegedly. We've gone down a real path here. So he's on house arrest. Um and he disappeared in June, but nobody knew for a while because he slipped out of his ankle bracelet by using olive oil. The FBI said and he's now at large, considered armed dangerous and in possession of some surprisingly Pinterest worthy escape tips. Says Is Jezebel. that a quote? Yeah. Oh, it says Jezebel. Okay. Like, it's not like, uh, all right. But his olive oil <laughs> escapades have been covered by everybody. Because the FBI like let that detail slip that he used olive oil to get his ankle bracelet off. Who is saying that it's a Pinterest hack? Jezebel yeah. or a lot of other articles? Oh, I think just Jezebel. Okay. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't dug deep into the other ones. But do they know that Mormons love Pinterest? Is that why they slipped it in? Or do they just think it was Maybe funny? Maybe just heard it on our yeah, first episode. Jezebel knows that. That Mormons love Pinterest. I mean, Pinterest. that's a marketing thing. So if you... like. Jezebel is probably the type of organization where their writers are also marketers, are also social media savvy, are also all of these other things. So I'm sure that that's that they do know that for a fact. But I like thought that you were quoting sort of a more I mean, nothing against Jezebel, but I'm just saying like I I sort of thought you were like Watch your quoting the New York Times or Watch something. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Did they fact check that? 
Anyway. All right. I hope they find you, Lyle Jeffs. And I hope you burn in hell. Anywho. All right. Well, back to the grammar show. Morgan, I have a question for you. Shoot. Why is handwriting still essential in the keyboard age? Because it's dope. Yes. That's all they said, actually. That's all the New York Times said in this article. All right. Done. Okay. Thanks for listening. (laughs) So actually, they did uh, put out this um, article. Perry Class, MD, wrote it for the New York Times. And the article says, there is a tendency to dismiss handwriting as a non-essential skill, even though researchers have warned that learning to write may be the key to, well, learning to write. A doy. And beyond the emotional connection adults may feel to the way we learn to write, there is a growing body of research on what the normally developing brain uh, learns by forming letters on the page in printed or manuscript format as well as in cursive. Okay. So something that I saw in this article that was super interesting to me was that the, an article this year in the Journal of Learning Disabilities, researchers looked into how oral and written language related to attention and what are called executive function skills, which I want to know more about. Like, what's an executive function skill? Like, is that something that will prepare you to be an executive future in life? Mm. And they said one of those skills is <laughs> called planning. Okay. It's so interesting to me. So I want to know more about that. But they said... um. And they studied children in grades four through nine, uh, both with and without learning disabilities, and how writing and speaking affects their executive function skills. And I think that's fascinating. Like, can you tell who's going to be an executive when they're in fourth grade? I feel like that's not what it means. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure it doesn't. Damn it. But anyway, no, maybe, but I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> so, uh, evidence from this and other studies suggests that handwriting, forming, and forming letters engages the mind, and it can help children pay attention to written language. Yeah. So basically, they're just saying like it's not just learning the basics of like this is a B, and then yeah. we put it with an A, and then a B, and then a Y, and that's baby, whatever. That actually, when you're doing it, that's helping you learn. Like with your with your hands because you're also like teaching your hand to do it at the same time. I don't know. I can't explain as good as the researchers, but it's too long. And basically, at the end, they just say what they think you know kids should do is they should learn printing first, then cursive, then typing mm-hmm. with like years of all of those you know. And um, so basically everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not just the, the emotional, like, oh, you have to learn how to do cursive. Like, no. you have to learn how to print. Well, like, so this study that it. I referenced earlier, along with other ones, um, have shown that children with good hand, like, quote unquote, good handwriting, meaning, you know, legible and clear and following what, the rules, uh, might get better grades because yeah. their work, this is not not nice, but because their work is more pleasant for teachers to read and children who struggle with writing, they're going to think it's too hard. So, and, and too much of their brain is dedicated to getting the writing right that they're not dedicating their brain to the, whatever they're writing about. Yeah. So you have to know how to do all this stuff so that you can get through those early years. And um, people who 
had good early fine motor writing skills, even in pre-K, did better later on in school. So we're talking like four years old. And if you have it down, then that's setting you up for the future, which is just fascinating. Because even though when you're in high school, you're not writing stuff down anymore. Yeah. Does your daughter know how to write? A little bit. Um, Does she know how to type? No. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, but it's it's really interesting. And I let so something that I've always insisted was true, but I didn't have the data. But now I do (laughs) is that when I write when I take notes by hand, I can remember. Yeah, they say that in this article that it's um, when when they test note takers, the people who are typing on their computer don't remember as much as the people who are writing by hand. And I, I totally agree with you. I've always thought that, too. Yeah, I always do that. And I'm still like sometimes I'm the only person in a meeting writing stuff down and everybody's on their yeah. computer so i'm like i just can't get into that i don't know i gotta write shit yeah no me too um uh so she ends here or he or she sorry i forget uh ends here by saying as a pediatrician i think this may be another case where we should be careful that the lore of the digital world doesn't take away significant experiences that can have real impacts on children's rapidly developing brains mastering handwriting messy letters and all is a way of making written language your own in some profound ways i thought that was a nice a nice way to put it but it's like uh Everyone had their own handwriting. Like, I remember, like, do you remember when you had, like, your friends in grade school and, like, you could tell, yeah. like, who had written something or whatever? Or, um, you know, if someone wrote you notes and stuff, you you knew exactly who it was. I think really? that's kind of cute. I didn't think about that till till I read this. So, yeah. Ha- we've talked about handwriting before and just, like, the written note, how that's going away a yeah. little bit. And, um. You know, but it's important for kids, and I think it's one of those things, too, that, like, just like how people don't really print photos as much anymore, it's like you have these, like, physical memories that you're, like, losing a little bit, and, like, might be the same for kids, too, if they're not, like, writing notes or writing, yeah, um, you know, papers or whatever, it's like... Like, I don't know. I remember going through like my childhood desk when I was like moving to college and finding like all these projects I had done. And like I like hand wrote like about wow, yeah, John Adams yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> another thing is, you know, I'm thinking about this and, and, and having a, a kid in pre-K. They're not going to stop teaching kids how to write. I mean, at least block letters like that's like, what are you going to do if you go to school nine hours a day like you have to learn something and they're going to teach them the alphabet and they're going to have them practice their letters I guess it's once that people are scared you know once you get to third or fourth grade when you would be learning cursive you're going to go right to computers but um yeah I still think that's even too fast I don't think kids are ready and I don't think that they'll absorb it and I think educators realize that you can't go right from learning to print and learning to read to learning how to print and read on a computer or to type and read on a computer. It's a, it despite the fact that we all use these machines every day, all day, it is a learning curve and Mm -hmm. I don't really think it's going to go away. Do you guys write in cursive or print when you take notes or write? Havesies. I would say havesies, but it's more print than. Yeah. Same. Me too. Like just like that scrap. 
Yeah, scrappy. I think you that's don't know how to print. write in cursive. That's why. I do. No, but is that what most people do? Yeah, I think so. I'll just keep quiet over here. Sorry. <laughs> I had to forge somebody's signature today. So knowing cursive came in handy. Who's? <laughs> just a client i was sending a letter on behalf of them like a like a blanket letter to a bunch of people and it would just be way too much work to it's like you know what just sign the name and put it in the mail and nobody it's it really was not a big deal i was like good thing i know cursive i've always thought electronic signatures are kind of weird because like if you were the person whose signature it was wouldn't you be like scared that it would be like misused it's like you can't just use that without me knowing yeah well i'll forge it Don't worry about it. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Was that Matthew McConaughey? I wish. I've always loved Matthew McConaughey. I don't care how weird he is. Anyway, um, so we got a listener cue. I kind of forget who it's from. Do Do you have your thing pulled up? Just a minute. Okay. Andrea or Andrea if you're from 90210. Beverly Hills. Oh my god, what if what if it is Andrea from 90210 and she is using her oh. stage name or whatever. Her journalist pseudonym? Yeah. She was a journalist, right? Wasn't yeah. she like on the school paper? Yeah. Her and Brandon. All right, Andrea. Okay. Here's a tip. Dump Steve. <laughs> it's not what she was asking. All right, so what she was asking was, all right, A-L-L space, R-I-G-H-T, or A-L-R-I-G-H-T. Which one is right? Which one is all right? So the one wording of our society, something that I... Hmm. One wording. Is one wording one word? No. One hyphen word? I'd probably call that a hyphen, yeah. All right. It's basically one word. Well, (laughs) everything in our lives now is basically one word because everyone is just making things that are two words, one word. Like if you started a company tomorrow and it was called like Morgan's World, you would definitely put those two words together and there'd be no space and the W would be a capital and then I would like... And it wouldn't be... It would be be Morgan's with a Z. (laughs) And the W would be capital. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So no um, doubt about it. What does your company do? We sell dog bones to disenfranchised puppies. Oh, it's more a charity. It's a charity. Oh, five hundred one c three. Okay. Um. So, uh, that is what has happened with all right, and I think it's probably eventually going to go down a path of it will be one word. But as of now, as of this moment, yeah, give it to me. What is what's the truth? The truth is, all right is two words. A L L space right. Yes, it is never all right to spell all right as one <gasps> word, unless you're I aming your friend, um, because it's just it's just like this really commonly misspelled. It's like the everyday thing. Yeah. No, I have used all right, all righty then, <laughs> all right, all righty, as one word, as yeah. long as I can remember being alive. Yeah, well, it's two, sorry. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, yeah, like mostly in text, it's like, all right, see you later. And like people have um, like actually asked me, I mean, it's funny, like sometimes when people ask me like, 
So when is it, when do you use all right, the one word, and when do you use all right, the two words? But people have also asked me, like, when, like, when you say, like, light bites, when do you use L-I-T-E? No, 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 no. For Miller Lite, that's one. Yeah. People are like, when do you use L-I-T-E and when do you use L-I-G-H-G? Mm. My I'm dad like, spells oh my tonight, God. T-O-N-I-T-E. No, people think that's right. Like People yeah. are like, which one do you I think he knows it's wrong, but it's just his personal choice. Oh, well, that's okay. If it's his personal <laughs> choice. But it's like, I, people like ask me, I'm like, never. Not ever. All right, <laughs> not so, ever is my. Oh my, my god! She said, "All right, all right." Like I'm now. I'm. I'm curious not, on the computer right now because I want to know if you can still say it. Kendrick Lamar <laughs> is his song "All Right" or is it "All Right"? I don't know. I think no. It's one word. Yeah, this is the problem. I mean, celebrities are the biggest problem. I think because yeah, like for everything in general in life. Honestly, after we went, um, after we did the every day, every day thing, every day I'm hustling. Yeah. Every, um, like a couple days later, I was reading this like article that had all these tweets from all these celebrities. And for some reason, a lot of them said every day and all of them should have been two words and they were all one word. Oh my gosh. Celebrities. They are the one worders of our world. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know how people are like, oh, you're a role model. Like, how could you wear that? How could you be like that? You're a role model. It's like, I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you wear. Nope. You better fucking spell right yeah like you are teaching america put a space in between every day when you're using it that way and or don't kendrick lamar don't call your song all right that's not a word kendrick lamar you can afford a proofreader Mm-mm. higher on Mm-mm. proofreader of the stars is that what you want to be linda <laughs> oh my gosh that's a good job Let there's vacancies you, in demand job is what i would yeah. call that Oh, man, this is really just hitting me where it hurts, Linda. You know when you catch me off guard. Sorry. I've sounded real dumb this episode. <laughs> I haven't said a single smart thing yet. Why? I don't think you sounded dumb. Because I thought the executive... I don't a, know that for a fact. No, I you're just, right. You're I right. Just, the more I thought about it, you're right. And, okay, this Matthew McConaughey thing, everybody attributes that quote to be spelled A-L-R-I-G-H-T. Nobody... I would actually say if there is one instance ever where you could spell it as one word, it's probably the way Matthew McConaughey says, all right, all right, all right. It sounds like one word. It does. It does. <laughs> but everybody who quotes him, all of this, like, close captions, like I'm looking at images. Yeah. Dude. No one knows how to spell it. Like, no Dude. one knows that it's not one word. But I also wow. wonder if, like, the people who spell it as one word, if they also are, like... Oh, yeah, this isn't an, an instant where you spell it as one word, not the two word kind. And it's like, how do yeah. you differentiate Well, no, those? in my mind, it's like, well, these are all right. <laughs> yeah. Like everything here is right. That's two words. And every other time when I'm like, all right, see you later. That's one word. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that's, well. that's my my definition. TM, little, little R circled, copyrighted. Registered trademark. Morgan's World. Morgan's World. Morgan's <laughs> World. It's how, that's what all right means. All right. And something that we touched on when you weren't here, when Caroline was here, was a lot. Oh, yeah. People do that. I think most people know that that's not one word. I don't think that most uh, people know that, Linda. Uh, I think a lot of people think a lot is a word. <laughs> And one of my favorite internet memes is the a lot monster, which is what people post if you just write 
A-L-O-T or A-L-L-O-T. Mm-hmm. And they put this picture of a like a, just a mis- mystical thing that's called Alot. What is it? I don't get, I don't get it. Because it's not a real thing. So they're meaning to not be a real thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, is this what you meant when you wrote Alot? Oh, they're making fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's fine. Like, no one's even making fun of the people who spell all right. No, because they didn't one word know it. Or spell every day as one word when it should be two. That no well, one even a lot, knows. A lot is on the train. I'll give you 50 years till a lot is one word. You give me 50 years. Yeah, I'm all making right. a bet right now. Mark your calendar. 50 years, we're going to be like, all right, every day. Yeah, those are one word. When when were they not? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I've never said that those aren't one word. <laughs> be like, a lot? Yeah, that's basically one word. There's going to be some podcast 50 years from now about grammar and like, there was the story 50 years ago. Yeah. It's still relevant. Maybe they'll quote us like sage old timers. Drunk skanks said that a lot was two Why words. Why do they call us skanks? Because they could just tell. <laughs> everybody hit us up thanks for sending your questions because if it weren't for you i'd be living in a fucking dark world where i thought all right was a word yeah sorry everyone how did i get this job nobody knows don't ask don't try to take it from me (laughs) like they called a job (laughs) not a job good night i love you drunk word nerds on twitter gmail instagram whatever all the places all the places Bye. We'll be drunk. We'll be word nerds. Bye. Popping my peas. Popping my peas. This has been a riveting production.